Well, hi. It's been a while. It's me, Logan Hartwright, whatever you want to call me. And I'm here to bring back my podcast, which I haven't talked about or talked on in like over two months now. It's now February. It's February 3rd when I'm recording this. And I guess when it goes up as well. Uh, and uh, Christmas has happened. Uh, the whole month of January has happened. And uh, I'm going to talk to you today about Watership Down, because I have a little list of things to talk about, and uh, that came up in a little r number randomizer that I had. Um, so, first of all, let me tell you the purpose of this podcast, if you forgot or if you don't know, uh, is to teach me basically how to talk for long periods of time, because I'm not usually that good at it. And so that's why I kind of started doing this on Anchor to uh, try to make myself better at talking for long periods of time because I usually end up being interrupted or kind of letting myself be interrupted, I've, I've realized. Uh, so yeah, that's, what, that's why I'm doing this. So I'm talking about things that I like and things that I can talk about for long periods of time. And Watership Down, the uh, children's book by Richard Adams, happens to be one of those. But before I get into that, let me say that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible, and you can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash heartwright. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Okay, so, Watership Down. To be honest, it's been a while since I've read it, and it I, I honestly need to read it again. Uh, when I read it, I was a junior in high school, which means it would have been seven years ago, I think. The story was that, uh, our junior English class was American literature, right? And, uh, for every quarter we had to read a book and, uh, do a book report on it. And so, um, two of those, two of those four quarters... Uh, had to be an American classic. And we didn't have any at the time <laughs> in our own library, and I didn't really want to go out and get one, so I decided to leave it off until, like, the second and third quarters, and the first quarter I just decided to read Watership Down because I had been meaning to, and that gave me a good excuse to do it if I did it for a book report or something. And I loved it. I, I, I did absolutely love it. It, it captured a whole lot of, like, adventure and just kind of facing the unknown with hope, which is something I really, really like, I have found, especially in literature, which is why I, I kind of like The Hobbit better than Lord of the Rings, even though I can recognize that Lord of the Rings is a better story. Uh, so, yeah, Watership Down. Uh, it's it, it really, you know, it's about rabbits, right? It, the, the basic story is that it's about rabbits traveling from one home and then f kind of finding uh, an, another home on another hill uh, further away and basically to just kind of building a warren uh, somewhere in Britain. This was, this was a British uh, book, by the way. I didn't mention that. It is not an American classic. Uh, so, yeah, it's written by Richard Adams. Uh, and... You know, it's one of those books that it's like, wow, I, I really need to have a copy of this for my own. So it's one of the few books that I uh, read once 
when it wasn't mine, and then I said, I need my own copy of this. I'm asking for it for Christmas. And so, yeah, I, I have my own copy in front of me. This little paperback here of Watership Down. Um, and, I don't know, I'll get into the specifics of what I like, but I, I kind of like that it was just, you know, it, it almost seems like a long series, you know, but just in one book. So you kind of get an entire epic with with rabbits. It sounds ridiculous, but it's it's about rabbits, but it 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 deals with some heavy issues. It's really interesting. I would personally recommend it. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. Um yeah, and I'll I'll talk about uh more specific stuff I like in the next segment. Bright eyes burning like fire. Okay, so uh to uh be a little bit honest here, one of the reasons I love Watership Down so much is because Owl City, uh Adam Young, also loves it a lot. I remember keeping up with his blog in high school and him saying that Watership Down was one of his favorite books, and him saying that if he needed some sort of creative inspiration, all he had to do was flip through the pages a little bit, and he would uh, and he would get some inspiration from that. And uh, I, I sang Bright Eyes at the beginning, because that's from the animated version from the 70s, I think from 76, I believe, if I remember that right. Uh, and, um, so, uh, yeah, uh, so Owl City did a cover of that, kind of an unofficial cover because it didn't show up on any, uh, kind of album or anything. It was on his blog only. Um, and it was really pretty and it had me mesmerized and it just made me appreciate the, the themes in the book so much more. Um, and also little tidbit. Uh, if you analyze the Owl City song uh, Honey and the Bee on his album All Things Bright and Beautiful, uh, there is a lyric in there. Uh, what is it? The crow and the bean field are my best friends, but boy, I need a hug. Uh, and uh, the, t the book Watership Down has a chapter in it called The Crow and the Bean Field. Which is oddly specific enough that I know that it has to be, like, it has to be an inspiration for it. Which is really cool. A little, little tiny tidbit of it, which is, which is pretty fun. Um, and, uh, I have watched the movie, the animated movie. Uh, I, in fact, I watched it a long time ago before I read the book. And, uh, I was not impressed with it. And there was a lot of rabbit blood in it. And, you know, it was, it was very, you know, without making it sound, uh, like I'm looking down on it, it's very British. Uh, it, 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 I guess it uses a lot of British tropes and British humor. Sorry, my dogs are barking in the background. Uh, and it, it uh, it, I don't know, I didn't really like it as much. Because it kind of took me out of the, my imagination, I guess. It, it was cheesier than I was expecting. I guess that's that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, so, but I know that BBC and Netflix, I believe, are working on a like a CGI miniseries with John Boyega in it, which sounds awesome. And I will definitely stay up to date on that 
and I really hope that they pull it off. Uh, so, those are some, I don't know, I don't know what to call this segment, it's just other things that, that led me to Watership Down. Uh, it, it's kind of one of those, like, books from the 70s, like Last Unicorn, that got an animated feature, uh, that wasn't very well received, but the book itself is still, is, like, gaining in popularity again, uh, and so I wouldn't be surprised if we get another Last Unicorn movie or miniseries or something along with Watership Down. Uh, yeah, it, it's one of those kind of fantasy books that just kind of is popular at the time, goes out of popularity, and then comes back. So, uh, yeah, that'd be cool. And I would call Watership Down fantasy. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's about rabbits that travel with their own lore and stuff, which I'll talk about in the next segment. BT dubs, but I'd like to point out now uh, that uh, you can get a free audiobook download with a free 30-day free trial, and uh, hey, guess what? You can download uh, Watership Down by Richard Adams, read by Ralph Kosham, and uh, that will help me a lot, and you will enjoy it. I uh, very much guarantee it. It is a really good book, and it's really entertaining, too. It kept me reading, uh, so it'll keep you listening, I guess. Um, so uh, for you, the listeners of my podcast, uh, they are offering free audiobook download and a free 30-day free trial if you go to www.audibletrial.com slash heartwright so you can check out their service. All right, so now I want to talk about kind of more of the specifics of the book, uh, because I could talk about this for hours, to be honest, and I really want to read it again so I can talk about it for hours. Uh, but one of the things I, I love about this book that really captured my imagination and, and put me into the world was the language, Lapin, or Lapine, Lap, whatever, Lapine language, the language of the rabbits. And there's a little, like, a, a two-page dictionary at the end of the book, and I think in some versions it's at the beginning of the book, um, that gives some, like, regular words. So, like, uh, Frith is their, is their god, basically. It's, it's the sun, the, the thing that they uh, basically worship. Uh, there's Hrer, or Hrer, which means thousand. And I really love the, like, the, the, the specifics of that, because... It says in here that it's, it, it, it means, like, thousands or, like, an uncountable number, but then it says, like, any number bigger than four, which is, like, so specific and so weird, and I don't even know why. Maybe that's, like, a specific rabbit thing in rabbit biology where four is, like, a, I don't know, maybe they do things in fours. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it, it's so fun, the, the language there. And I also want to talk about uh, Elorira. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It's their, they're basically the, the Robin Hood character, which not only are you telling a story, Richard Adams, but you're telling, uh, you're unfolding a mythos within your own story, which I, I love that kind of thing. And, and it's, it's really cool because, like, they, they talk about it, like, in a Robin Hood style where they uh, talk about it where they don't necessarily uh, believe that it's true history. But it is uh, kind of a legendary uh, fable, basically. 
uh, which which sets it apart from something like Lord of the Rings, which creates its own mythos, but, like, they don't have, you know, parables or anything. Like, everything is is fact. Like, everything actually happened in, in that world. So that's one thing I really like about Watership Down, is that you can tell kind of their their uh, oral traditions, like, shaped their beliefs and shaped their, uh, you know, values. Like, they really want to be cunning, they really want to be smart, uh, and they really want to, you know, be loyal, but also be, like, take advantage of uh, people who are doing bad. Or, like, take advantage of foxes or, st or stuff like that. And so they, they look up to this hero figure. Um, which, yeah, is, is something really cool to work in there. To, to work in, basically, this kind of Br'er Rabbit-style uh, uh, interjections where I think it's usually, like, Blackberry or, or Dandelion who tells the stories. Uh, kind of the, the town crier rabbits just, uh, just sit around and, like, there'll be a chapter every every so often that'll just be a full-on story of Elorira, which is so cool, I think. Because it's like, okay, now I understand, like, where they're coming from a little bit, or, like, why they fear the moon, why they fear foxes, uh, you know, what, what their ambitions are, I guess. Um, yeah, and so, like, everything that they do... Where, whether it's uh, kind of storming Ephrapha or uh, protecting their own home, journeying, uh, it is kind of based on uh, those legends. Not everything necessarily, but, but a whole lot of it is based on it. Uh, so, yeah. And also, like... Bleh. I like how it's basically four different stories. I kind of touched on this earlier, but like it, it feels like it should be four different books almost, because it's like it's it's four different stories. Yeah, it, it but it, but it works. It somehow works because the overarching story is to is for Hazel and Fiverr and all the other rabbits to kind of secure a new home, but every fourth is kind of different. And I'll talk about this in the next segment too. But that's one of the things I really liked about this is that it doesn't have just one story. It doesn't get boring. It, it doesn't stay in the same kind of... The, the, the goal doesn't stay the same for that long. At least the kind of the short-term goal. Which is one of the things I really like about this book. So, next I'm going to talk about some allegories that may come of this. Alright, so I would like to first point out that Richard Adams has specifically stated that Watership Down is not meant to be an allegory of any kind. It's just meant to be an adventure story that he wanted to tell to his daughters. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why I turned it down when I wanted to write a book report on it in college, because we had to find some uh, deeper meaning in, in some work of fiction. And I, I started looking up Watership Down and like some of the allegories that... that might come of it, and I was kind of discouraged when Richard Adams specifically said, like, no, this is just a story just to be viewed by itself. It's not meant to represent anything. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, but I have looked it up, and a lot of people have still kind of compared it to, uh, first of all, like, racial relations, which I find really interesting, of kind of, like, minorities uh, facing uh, oppression 
or uh, just general uh, not belonging, and just kind of searching for a new place among their own, and just kind of making peace with everyone, which which I find pretty interesting. But the thing I find more interesting is the the uh, similarities, that's the word, to the Odyssey and to other epics. Uh, because uh, I haven't read the Odyssey, but I know that, uh, like Watership Down, it takes place in multiple parts, right? Because you have originally the, the what, the, the Trojan War, uh, where Odysseus fights, and then his journey home, and then his basically fight to win his wife back. Uh, and so, like, those are drastically different stories, almost. Uh, but the the overarching goal or overarching goal stays the same, where Odysseus wants to get back to his home and kind of resume his normal life. Uh, whereas Watership Down, like like I said earlier, is like basically four different stories, where it's uh, journeying out to find Watership Down, making the home, uh, uh, basically a Mission Impossible. Uh, uh, I don't know, heist, I guess you could call it, uh, into Ephrapha, and then uh, defending uh, the the Warren from invaders. So I find it really interesting because uh, a lot of people have said that Hazel, is uh, the main character, is kind of like Odysseus, where uh, he, he wants what's best but often gets thwarted and he has this uh, sense of loyalty and good, and is also proven to be very cunning as well. Uh, and then Fiverr is obviously a seer, uh, so that's a, an obvious uh, kind of connotation to like an oracle, or uh, I don't know, a lot of other similarities with kind of ancient Greek stories where there's some sort of future telling like i mean even in like uh pfft, shakespeare like uh what is it julius caesar the the one guy who says beware the ides of march but uh it is really interesting because i saw i was reading up on wikipedia before this and it, it was really interesting some uh some hypotheticals that people had posed where uh like what if uh you know, I guess there was a seer warning of the Trojan War, I think it was. And, uh, you know, Watership Down kind of focuses on, oh, what if they had taken the seer's warning seriously and left? Like, this is that story. Or what if Julius Caesar had taken the seer's warnings seriously and left before the Ides of March? So, uh, yeah, I, I find that really interesting that it's kind of like a, a children's book take on, like, ancient epics. So it's a very, you know, Fiverr, the seer, is is viewed very favorably, which I really like. He's really relatable, and he's kind of put down by a lot of the other characters, but Hazel definitely respects him, and he and Fiverr is, like, one of the reasons they survive. So that it's kind of necessary. But yeah, and Fiverr is basically what makes it not a tragedy, which is a lot different from... I guess, some of the epics like the Odyssey. So that's one of the main differences, I guess. 
Alright, so those are some of my initial thoughts on Watership Down by Richard Adams. I apologize if they seem kind of vague. I haven't read the book in a while, and I just kind of did a, a quick overlook on Wikipedia and a quick, like, skim through the book to, uh, excuse me, to, uh, get caught up. If I had recently read this, I could definitely give a more, uh, in-depth in book review, but as it so happens, uh, I'm not exactly pre that prepared for it. But that means that I don't give many spoilers. Uh, so, yeah, it's basically a story of some rabbits who uh, don't feel at home and leave to make their own home, which I feel everyone can relate to in some sense of the word. And, uh, like, and like I said before, they're rabbits, but, like, I relate to them. Uh, so, like, like Hazel is, like, you know, he, he's, he's a good leader character, but, like, he is flawed because, you know, he's never been a leader before, and he has trouble, like, knowing who to trust or who to delegate work to, but he eventually learns, and so he's, like, really relatable in that way. And then there's Fiverr, who is the runt of the litter, but also has kind of extrasensory powers as a seer, uh, which is ridiculous now that I think about it out of context. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it, it's, but he even takes on leadership roles and like, he's kind of, you know, the underdog. Uh, so, and then there's big wig. I feel like that the trio of Hazel, uh, Hazel Fiverr and big wig is like, one of the most, like, I don't know, it's it's one of, for me, it's one of the most iconic literary triads of characters, uh, like, second only to, like, the Three Musketeers, obviously, I guess including D'Artagnan, so that's technically four, but, uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and then Bigwig is, is really fun, too, because he's kind of brash, but also, I guess they're kind of, kind of tropish characters, but I, I really like them, and especially since you get, like, what, nine or 17-ish other characters in there? Other rabbits that are all unique, but all inhabit some sort of, like, overarching rabbit personality, which I don't know how to explain it other than that. They just, they all act like rabbits, right? They're all, you know, very anxious, uh, very speedy but also fairly smart uh, for rabbits, right? Uh, but then they also have, like, different personalities, like uh, some are more joking, some are more serious, some are more uh, cautious, some are more uh, arrogant. Uh, and so it's, I don't know, it, it, I'm sure if I read it now, I'd probably find more problems with it uh, than when I read it. But as it so happens, when I did, and probably thanks to Owl City... And probably thanks to, you know, the time I was at when I read it, when I wasn't that hopeful, because it was junior year and I didn't really know, you know, what college I was going to go to, or what I was going to do with my life, that kind of thing. And it was a really nice escape, uh, and I really connected to the characters and, and their situation, basically. Uh, so if you're thinking of reading, it's it's an easy book to read. It's It's not that... <laughs> it's not that complex language, but it is, you know, really interesting to think of, like, the the world that Richard Adams creates 
with uh, these rabbits in their own language and their own legends and and their story uh it's i would definitely recommend it it wouldn't take you very long it's a children's book like i said um but yeah it's just kind of a it, it it more than any book takes me out of this world and into another one. I will say that. Probably more than any other book I've read. Which is cool. Like because that includes like Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings. So yeah. Watership Down by Richard Adams. You can get it on Audible if you use uh my code www.audibletrial.com slash heartright. You can go and listen to Richard Adams Watership Down. Uh, so thanks so much for watching, or listening, I should say. I'm going to try to do a few more of these uh, in the near future, and uh, see you later.